Probably a big one that I've been on recently is, I think it's from Modern Wisdom, is the magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. Yes. Because I'm a big procrastinator. But I guess everyone is, and it's just the the hard things now, easy things later. And especially in this mental health field, this whatever field we want to call it, we want to be better, but we avoid the things that are going to make us better. Welcome back to Switched On, a platform for mob like you and me who are looking to learn and grow from life experiences in order to fulfill one's potential, becoming more switched on in the process. Enjoy the episode. What's going on? All right, Bubba, how you going, mate? Sorry. <laughs> mate, I'm good, but um, I'm very good. How are you, mate? You'd be you're happy, happy man this morning. Yeah, eh? you, All finished up. No, I'm stoked. You know, that's how I wanted to start the last potty, and then I forgot. So I wanted to do it this way. But um, yeah, good old Crazy Frog. We like that. <laughs> I haven't heard that song, well, that little Yonks, video eh? song thing in a long time. That's the thing that's like... Sometimes when my brain just goes wandering, that's me. <laughs> that's just like what crazy fuck's going through my head. You know, it's like sometimes the Homer from The Simpsons, just that monkey, like the clapping monkey. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> my one's crazy for a gay. Uh, yeah, bloody oath. But um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Finished my last exam for the SEM. So got one more SEM left. But um, yeah, it's just I walked out of there. And if you know that feeling, just like finish your last exam. And then you know you're on holidays, you just oh, you feel a lot of weight just off your shoulders. Yeah, Super yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. studying? I'm studying health promotion um, at Notre Dame. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. I like it. But um, yeah, Bubba, would you like to introduce us with our guest this morning? You don't. You want me to take the reins? Oh, yours, mate. All right, I like yeah. it. So this week in the potty, we've got a mate of mine that um, I guess what we've probably come mates in probably the last three, three or four months, and we've built a pretty good relationship and um. He's a man of many talents. He's a qualified psychologist now. He's also has his own podcast, Brooke Eye Mode, that is big. It's it's about mental health, it's about mindset, it's about great conversations that share experiences, um and I guess on powerful topics that are a range of different people, the youth growing up, also um I guess Actually, I'll get you to probably touch on it a little bit more and dive into it, but you've had some great guests and you've only just really started it, but it's taken off and um, yeah, I guess the real man's name is actually Egan Brooks. I didn't even say that either. So this is why I don't do intros, (laughs) but welcome Egan to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And yeah, just finished my undergrad degree in psychology, not yeah, not a, <laughs> not a psychologist, but sorry, um, I, I saw that as well. <laughs> That's all right. Let's let, let it fly. But um, yeah. I mean, I'll still ask the first question as we always do. Yes, Egan, mate. What did you do get, do to get switched on this morning? Okay, before I go on to that, I still I think it's like our thirty fifth episode, and I still I don't think have said that properly. In the first <laughs> I always like stuff it up. But yeah, what did you do to get switched on this morning? Oh, there we go. Yeah, I knew the question was coming because I've listened to a few of your episodes. Yeah, yes. he has. Finally, an actual <laughs> honest listener. <laughs> um, I have a cold shower every morning. Been doing that for about 18 months. Right that. Um, yeah, pretty simple. I just like to keep that discipline in the morning and build that sort of trust within myself that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. Brilliant. Love that. What about you, Bifel? Um, Similar. Yeah, I did hop on the cold showers um but what i've been finding lately is that since it's been getting warmer 
the water's not as cold, mm. you know? So Yeah, it's harder in winter. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I reckon. But um yeah, also jumped on like a bit of like a twenty minute breath work vid on YouTube. Um That's awesome. Yeah, and I hadn't like I'd done a bit of my own like stuff. I'll just lay down, sometimes do it and it's good, like you still get the feelings and that. But yeah, this I like really just like tuned into what this guy was saying and like it's just a timeless kind of experience and it felt really good and just had the whole body tingles and so yeah. Similar to Wim Hof? I think the guy gets it from him. Yeah. Yeah. But um, just that similar like breath holds and everything like that. But yeah, definitely give it a go if you haven't. Love that. Listeners. Yeah. You, Bubba? Mate, I was on the other side of breath. I, did, I just did some uh, breathing, just some normal meditation this morning. Um, we are going for a little walk, but my mind was just buzzing, man. I was just like going everywhere. I was thinking all these thoughts. So I was like, nah, I just need to chill out. So I did a little... A little mindfulness and it actually um, helped a lot, which is nice. It was a switched off then. <laughs> yeah, if I was to switch my head off, yeah. It's just Sometimes you got to switch off to switch on, you know. Yeah. So, but it was good. It was good. Epic. It was good. I think that for a lot of people in this space, like us, we get on the hamster wheel in our heads, and it's almost we talk about getting switched on, but for some people like us, it's almost more important to learn things to switch off. Yeah. Which I'm glad you. I could probably dive into it straight away. Actually, I'm going to dive into it. Go on, Because we're going to get into self-discovery. We're going to get into the journey of yourself because you've done a lot recently. That aspect, how do you switch off? And is there too much of like trying to dive in and learn and experiment and be better every day? Is that, Can you do too much of it? And how do you switch off yourself? Yeah, that's a good one. And I feel like you definitely can do too much because I feel like you get all this, so much information, especially in the mental health world, if you don't allow yourself to have that silence or some recovery periods, you're not going to go off in that new positive direction. Um, how do I switch off? I, find, I found it really hard. Like I've gone through periods where like at night time you're trying to do so many things, trying to read so many books, trying to get all this information, listen to podcasts because you're so in that mindset of because things have changed positively and you sort of get addicted to – and the term Chris Williamson uses is like mental masturbation. But I ask myself, like, what he does is, like, will it grow corn? Like, are my actions actually going to put me in that positive direction I'm after? Or is it sort of just like, sort of like an ego comfort? Like, sort of like you hear all these things and you get all these new ideas and it sort of brings you comfort because you feel like you're going to go off in this new positive direction. And it's almost like fantasizing about who you're going to be sort of can take you away from the present because it's really future bound. So trying to bring myself to the present, like, okay, I've done good actions today and I can sort of be content with my what's happened today and yeah yeah so and i 100 percent agree yeah. hey yeah yeah because i think i think i've been caught in that before where like you get that addicted like to like towards self-help books and like oh, this is a great book and then you get like recommended another one mm-hmm. and it's kind of telling you the same thing just in a different way uh, right uh, yeah all i sort of all self-help books are sort of like the marshmallow experiment yeah so have you guys heard of that one yeah no Oh, you haven't? <laughs> I was just agreeing. So, so, so they, it's sort of like a psychology experiment with kids. And they basically said, you can have one marshmallow now or you wait an hour or so and you can have two. Oh, yes, I have it. And it was, I think, m- about 50% of them, you know, took the marshmallow straight away. So sort of that instant gratification. And all self-help books are sort of reduced to that and they're all framed differently. But it's basically like, can you put off the easy things now and, you know, 
and get the reward later. So hard things first, easy things later. Yeah. And that's sort of the framework I put myself in every day and simplify it because there's so much information in this world. Yeah. It's all about clarifying these thoughts in our head and making it really simple. So I think that's sort of a really good framework to live by. Yeah, so delaying that gratification, right? Yeah. As long as you can. Because, I mean, self-help, especially at the moment or in the last couple of years and for the last how many ever years, like it's been an industry that has grown rapidly. I think I was talking to Dad about it last night. He was talking, he was telling me that like, when he was in his 30s or something. Wasn't that book you gave me? That's um, his, yeah, isn't that it? Was, that's Wisdom of the Ages, like Wayne Dyer. And he, like even Louise Hay, like yeah, he, yeah, he dived into um, her a long time ago. Like this has been, well, you know, I know it's been around for a while, but yeah, it's an industry that has been growing because it has that attraction towards that. Like It does like change and improve people's lives, but it kind of starts you off in that bit of a rabbit hole and once you like sort of, it's a hard rabbit hole to get out of. For sure. Well, not that you need to get it out if, you didn't, if mm. you're enjoying it. But I've also heard a lot from um, Campbell Walker. I've mentioned his name a couple of times from the Struthless um, channel. I'm not sure if you've tuned into him on YouTube at all. But, um, yeah, he, he really touches on uh, quite a few videos about all of these self-help ones. and Literally like what we've just been talking about and how, like, you can get caught in well, – I think you, actually that, that's where I've heard the marshmallow experiment before. Um, but being able to actually separate yourself from that sometimes and just think about what, like, what's my philosophy, mm. you know, what, what's the way that I want to put all that like knowledge that I've gained and like actually put it into action in your own personal indiv- individualized way. I think that's important, right? Because yeah. you can listen to, you know, podcasts, read books, write, um, read blogs, whatever it might be, articles. But it's someone else's journey, it's someone else's story. It, yes, it's their experience and you can take so much from it, but you still got to write your own journey because you don't have what they have. You haven't been able to do what they do. You haven't grown up with everything they've grown up with. So you don't have the same resources they do, right? You are where you are, but you got to still use their experiences and advice in, in ways but implement it into your life in that direction because mm. you can't like... For us, I mean, Eggs obviously a big on modern wisdom and, and Chris Williamson, but we don't have everything he has. We don't have his background, his connections, and all this. So we've still got to be able to use his advice because his podcasts are unreal, but put it in our direction and our own life and what we want and how we want to sort of mm. go about it. An important point I heard is sometimes it's we hear all this advice from people really successful, but they almost forget what it was like when they were starting out because how, <laughs> yeah. you, how you get from zero to 50 is so different from how you get from 50 to 100. Yeah. So they're sort of so far ahead, they don't actually realise what the positions people are in now. So that's why listening to, you know, even podcasts like ours, which are relatively smaller compared to those, can actually be a lot better than listening to these hyper-successful people. Because for them, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's wind it all the way back. Mate, tell the listeners who you are, um, you know, where you're from, where you've grown up. Just give us a little background. Yeah, so I've been in Australia, born in Australia in 2001. Um, young pup. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah nothing, nothing extraordinary about my sort of upbringing. Um, went to high school in Hale and pretty, pretty academic and into my sports from a very young age. Um, probably the best thing I did at Hale was, was rowing. I always harp on about that, but 
so many philosophies that I've got from rowing. Um, and then, yeah, big into my football too. Um, love studying a lot of things in high school. Economics was my big one. Then went into university and started economics and law. was going down that path. But interesting, I think I more started that because uh, the world was... Because, so, like, I was doing well in high school. Like, I topped economics in one year. And it's funny because it's like I was doing good at something, but I sort of... It was more the, the ego side of it. Got to university and I was like, I don't even really like it. It was yeah. more just the fact that I felt like a big dog at, at school. So it was more the external. And then I think I had a six months off where I didn't do a uni for a semester. Really found my passion in psychology. Started reading a lot of things, started trying new things, started growing as a person. I'm like, fuck. Sometimes you don't actually realise who you are unless you allow yourself that time off, like we talked about before. And I actually, I remember I was very at ease with the fact that I was helped by like really good family that allowed me that time and have a lot of time. I was like, okay, I'm going to let the world come to me a bit. And then I really found my passion and... Yeah, that's sort of where it's kicked off. Started studying psychology, have finished finished my undergrad degree now and, yeah, into my next chapter of life, I guess. Can you – yeah, what is your next chapter? Uh, still in the works, but obviously with football, going to uh, West Perth this year. Um, and then I guess with the Brooko Mode stuff, that is still in the works, but I definitely going into the space where I'm sort of just committing myself to this field and however that looks still in the works but I, I do really want to invest everything into it because I do believe it's it's saying not only have a huge passion for but I believe that I can provide a lot of value if I continue the same sort of journey I'm on yeah love that mm. which it which it already has like it's already grown so so much in a short space of time as well and I been lucky enough to be on a couple of them but just to see the amount of work you're putting in like i think you posted even like the other day of you know short video clips you've done youtube you're doing like you're starting your own email list or blog list like it's just like the ball's just rolling and i think that's come down to probably the amount of time you've been putting into it right yeah because people often say like talk about money from the podcast and there's nothing really come in for like the whole start, I've done it for about a year and I've put in so much work just because like I've wanted to and eventually I'm trying to monetize this stuff so I can sustain what I'm doing. But I guess people almost get a bit like, well, what are you doing? Like, Yeah, what are you doing if you're not getting any money? You're not getting money. And I don't know, that's sort of like, um, it sort of speaks to a bit of where the world's at. It's really money oriented. Like I've been out at, um, positively impact so many people's lives and that's like the most rewarding thing I've ever had and it's had nothing to do with the pursuit of money so it sort of shifted my perspective on on life a bit um, but yeah the time aspect of that I've put in a lot of time but a really good point is to be successful in life it's you got to find what you find as play that people find hard to do yeah, right? yeah. Right. and for me you know, people saying, like, you're putting in so much work. I'm like, well, to me, it's actually very easy. It's like, because fun. I love it. Because you I, enjoy it, yeah. I love it. So, continuing to do all this work, we call it work, but it's not It's not even work. It, it's honestly just fun. And I'm learning and growing. And it's. And that's why I feel like I can be successful because I actually find it really easy, while some people might not. So, that's where I'm sort of going down that path. But do, I do spend a lot of time. But 
I do get inspiration out of out of like these people we listen to and I guess we talk about listening to those people and you said like or when do we listen to them when should we what should we take from them I think the best thing we can take from those people is I'm I'm in the un, unknown like territory like uncharted waters for me so it's really good to get listen to people like Hormozy who've gone through this period and sort of get a guide because I don't really know what's happening but I can sort of be like, okay, he's had that sort of journey. So he's done, he emphasizes like, you've got to do so much free work and then give out free, free value, free value. And then you can sort of make money from it. Like it's the whole time horizon concept, isn't it? It's kind of earning your stripes in a way as well. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, putting a lot of time into it, but absolutely loving it. So I think that's the main component. And my advice for anyone who's doing work that they don't like, the simple framework is like, if you're doing well in a job you don't like, imagine how good you're going to do in a job that you do like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that when you talk about the uncharted waters part of um, your journey right now, this is where a lot of people can be like, not seeing any returns in terms of money or you know massive outcomes with followers and, and influence. But everyone, this is where everyone's gone through. Like it takes you, if you serve for a podcast, like this is where everyone gives up. Yeah, and it's mm. exactly right. And like, especially for a podcast, like, what's the Tom? You with that? What's the stat? Like, I think there's only like three percent that make it over twenty because they just give up. In, if right? you make twenty, you're if the, you make one percent, if you make twenty-one podcasts, you're in the top one percent of yeah. podcasts. Yeah, you, you sent me that. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> like that. That in general, that's just an example of like podcasting, for example. But yeah, like you said, everyone just gives up because they don't. Like it's that uncharted territory, and that can go for a long period. Yeah, like it could, like the podcast could take four years, five years to really explode and grow. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I'm literally remember listening to Dill um, and friends one of the episodes. I think last week it was, and he was saying he was doing it for three, four years before his one of his episodes actually got monetized. And mm. it's, it's like when I when I hear that, when I, I bet when you hear that as well, it's kind of like. All right, cool. This time, this time. Hope. It's hope, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's hope. It's that little bit. But for like well, all three of us, but especially for like, from our experience time, like we love it. Like we love getting here. We love talking, and we're lucky that you know we've got foundation and stuff that that obviously back us in and stuff like that. But we just love getting in here. We love doing it. We love talking. We love hearing from different people, their journeys, like their stories, and I don't know. It's sort of like it's just fun. Mm. Like I don't see it as like an hour that's wasted it's an hour of enjoyment fun learning connecting that's the best biggest thing i've learned from all the podcasts i've done is sort of what it like what you're not doing when you're here like you're not on your phone that's great you know what i mean like you're not distracted like you're having genuine conversations with other people and that's something i think we truly lack in this world is like deeper reflective conversations where you can sort of get to know someone and explore each other's journey and people like me I love talking about myself not in a sort of narcissistic way but just sort of to like reflect a bit because you don't often get that because you're no. so you're so future oriented about like oh where can I get to next like we talked about the hamster wheel that mental masturbation like what's next what's next like very future bound but it's really important to reflect on like okay where have I come from like think about the trajectory of your life and like where have you come from where are you going and like what can you do in the present to sort of go to where you want to go yeah it's so mm. true that reflection is so important. Like most people in a year have changed so much and yeah. they just don't realize it, right? Mm. But, and you can change, like you can literally change in a month, two, three months, like rapidly, right? So to be able to reflect and be like, okay, this is where I'm at now. This is what I've been through. This is where I want to go. 
It wouldn't actually, it doesn't take that long to change, like little bits, right? Yeah, but some people are scared of change. Yeah, very true. And um, I heard a good quote yesterday. It goes, the scariest place to be is in the same place as last year. Yeah, it's good, eh? Like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you can even shorten that and say uh, yesterday. Yeah, because yeah. I think there's a massive power of, because people, when things are so far away, it's sort of that uncertainty. Yeah. So it's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. So Jim Carrey and um, sorry, Jimmy Carr and Chris Williamson talked about the twenty four hour time frame. Like, do something today that tomorrow's self would be proud of. Like one percent or less than one percent. So for the podcast, my advice to myself and you guys is just do something today that you know is going to be like. Or what? What would like you be doing in four years when it's if it's very successful? What would you be doing in that day and do that today? Because if you're doing that today, then, well, that's going to build those actions that you're going to be doing in, in four years' time. So, Yeah, yeah it's like the, the big thing I live by is the mamba mentality, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love Kobe. I haven't heard of him. <laughs> so, like, just that. Who? You know, it's the same. It's the same thing, right? Just every day getting better in oneself every single day, right? In whatever it might be. So, Just to say, if you actually don't know what mamba mentality is, the main man, Kobe Bryant, yeah, is, uh, yeah. Inspiration yeah. to many. He is, he is. And I just love that. I got it from my inspiration of Scott Pendlebury and then I followed his basketball and then Kobe and that's how I really got into Kobe <laughs> through Scott. But so shout out to Scott. But anyway, it's um Brook Brooko mode's not just about self development either, right? There's so many different aspects to it, I guess. Can you run us through? Because it's not just the one podcast. And mm. and why the name as well. Yes. Why you write it? The name. It's an interesting name. I got given that name after I didn't drink for two or so months and then I had this this first time telling us I had this massive night out and I was like I was crazy because I think after two three months yeah it's like your first drink pretty much yeah yeah um and then I was you know knocking people over in the mosh like accidentally <laughs> what like, was that a gig uh no it was at, it was at bar one I haven't been there since. <laughs> bar one. I haven't been there since. <laughs> I was at bar one last night with dad actually anyway. I haven't been there since but um yeah and then one some someone said like oh you went full Brooko mode <laughs> <laughs> that's where the name that's comes from but I, th- I reflect on that and I'm like it's like base mode but <laughs> but I, but I reflect on that and I'm like well who I was that night like you know drunk self like that isn't really who I wanted to be like, even at that time, I remember making a lot of decisions that were not sort of my ideal self. So I look at that and I'm like, well, Brooko Mode's sort of that, like, for me, it's sort of the person I don't want to want to be, but it's sort of, I guess, that turning point into the best self I can be. So I guess it, it sort of has, like, a cool point to it. I like that. There's a few, there's a few people that I know that have they've got two different names. So they've got like that. So a good example is Jack Redden. So Jack Redden's <laughs> name is Jack Redden. When he drinks, his name's Eugene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the com- alter ego. Yeah, it's a completely yeah. different person, yeah. right? So yeah. it's um, it's funny. It's actually, yeah, it's it's just funny. Like you see that, eh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then yeah, run us through. I guess the other sides of the potty, in terms of like social media stuff. Or- oh, just like because you've got obviously you just interview guests, and then there's like obviously ones you just do like um. What's the Jet Jet podcast? Okay, yeah, Yeah. I'll run you through those. So I originally started Brooko Mode. I probably started as out of my own curiosity, like doing sports. And I started with sports people, started with a few mates. I'm like, okay, I started learning a lot from other people, reading books, listening to podcasts. And I'm like, well, why don't I make this 
better for myself. I'll start interviewing people and like learn through them myself. So I really wanted to be the best at football I could and I thought the easiest way is through people. So it started very sports based and then it sort of turned into mental health this year. I guess when I did a few podcasts and a few clips started to go viral and I think I sort of found that niche. It sort of just found me, I guess, and it's people started to resonate with it. And I'm like, well, there is a bit of a niche in the young men's mental health and there's not many people speaking about it. And I think there's not many people who also do psychology as a study and who have a massive passion and interest in it. So I sort of was like, well, I, I f- sort of feel like I can provide value if I continue to research, do all my stuff. And then I guess with the Jet episode, so there's two boys, um, Jack and Tom and I, and we started out just, we're just like, okay, we had these conversations together and we're like, let's just have them like record them and have vulnerable conversations and sort of, I guess, set the standard for what conversations can be like, because I think there's a those deep conversations with friends, there's not enough of them. And I thought, okay, we're going to model that. And we also found that we get, we got really, we're getting really good at it. We're getting really comfortable with each other. We're finding really good flows. We're learning um, communication skills. We're finding it really easy to talk about these deep things. So I'm starting to realize how much it's just a skill mastering these deep conversations. And I think a lot of people struggle to have them. It's not because they don't want to, it's because they don't know how to. So I think I'm trying to get into the space where I can help people have them because not only they are so important for your mental health, but it builds so these strong relationships with people. And then also starting to interview some, you know, getting some bigger guests on and stuff like that. Um, I guess because, one, you just learn so much. You get to build a relationship with someone, um, get to have a good conversation, just like, like right now. It's just a good opportunity to get to know someone. So still continuing down that path. But, yeah, I think I'll, I'll probably will do a few more solo pods. I'm thinking about that just because I feel like there's so many things that I know and have researched and would love to just grind out a good episode and put a lot of research into an episode and provide really good value because I feel like there's still so much I know where I'm like, well, I could probably articulate this in a really good podcast. So probably those three things, the jet, the interviewing with other people and then sort of some solo episodes to provide as much value as I can. So that. Um, I just want to touch on <clears throat> quickly what you brought up then about the listening or and communication skills. If... Because you mentioned it's a skill that you build over time. How might you sort of suggest to someone to start building that skills in terms of communicating and opening up and being vulnerable? Mm, So many tips I can give. Um, Because a lot of people, like I said, want to have these conversations, but they don't know how. Mm. So there's so many things I've tried. So I'll give you one. There's You can speak into a camera first, like speaking to your own camera. You You can journal. You can write down your thoughts. I think a lot of people struggle to articulate how they feel that they have these emotions and they're scared that people are going to sort of judge them or they don't know how they're going to respond so I think if you can spend a bit of time reflecting on how you truly feel find ways to articulate that emotion within yourself and then when you do have that conversation with someone or you try and have that conversation at least you're sort of confident with with it is how you feel I guess if you can't if you find it really hard to ring someone or speak to someone in person, you can you can text someone. There's always like there's always help out there, and the, probably the best tip I can give is people are so much more receptive than you think. People want to help. Yeah, human beings. That's it's an innate thing to help the people around us. We actually 
I feel like we're scared of how people are going to respond to us because it's that fear of judgment. Mm. But people don't realize that people want to help you, especially the people close to you. Like I get so much joy out of helping people and I would hate to think that people wouldn't want to speak to me because they think I wouldn't want to help them. Yeah. So I think it's that failure of cross-mind reading. Um, so my best ad- advice is just to do it. And well, you can't, you can't lose because if that person di- doesn't want to help you, well, what does that say about your relationship with that person? Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's a really good test for any relationship. If you, if you can't go to someone and get their help, well, the friendship or whatever the relationship is, is, is probably not the one you think it is. We love that. And I, I want to touch on the, the journaling part. Like for me, that was probably like, I didn't know how to start it and stuff. And I think to be vulnerable, you've got to be honest with yourself as well. And because everyone can say they're vulnerable and, yeah, this is what's actually happening with me, but is it true? Where for me, journaling at the start really helped me because I would journal, when I journal, I did the, the, I said I'll do two weeks and I'll read back, right? Because I'll I'll see if anything comes up within two weeks. And I was reading it and I'm like, no, that's not real. That's not true. Oh, that's half honest, but it's not really. And I was like, I was lying to myself. So I imagine what I'm doing to other people. So like that was a real good reflection of mine is like, because at the start I just wrote down whatever was on my mind. Like I didn't have any too much structure to it. And when I read back, I was like, well, you know, I'm actually lying to myself. So I was like, well, imagine what I'm doing to other people. Am I lying to them? What am I saying to them? Right. And that was like, my journal is like my full honesty bucket, right? Like anything that's going on in my mind goes in that. And it might be big, it might be small, but when I read it back, it's like, okay, well, is that true? Yes, it is true now because I can be honest with myself. And as I think as much as we want to be vulnerable with others, you've got to be vulnerable with yourself, right? Because yeah. we can lie to ourselves so easily and then we can convince ourselves of that lie, like the more we, I guess, repeat it. So journaling has been good because you can reflect back and you can actually be honest with yourself and be like, no, nah, I actually lied. That's not really my thoughts on that or it's not how I'm acting at the moment or you know, it's not living my best self or whatever it might be. I yeah, yeah. spitting bars out here, spitting <laughs> wisdom bars, yeah. I love it. I, I've been meaning to pick up the journal a fair bit again, just because I'm keen to as well, because I've got a bit more time and when we play it now, I don't have to get home and just jump straight on the computer yeah. or write any assignments and that, which would be good, so looking forward to that, probably got some um, things in my brain that need to need to spring out, but that'd be good. That's right. We'll set something up for you soon. That's <laughs> right, that's right, it's coming. But on the, I guess... You had that sort of, what, six-month six period where you took uni off? Yeah. So you would have probably found a little bit of self-discovery in that. So, like, how did you actually, I guess, you know, you, you're doing – I guess you start – we'll go back to economics. So you're doing that and you're like, okay, you know, I'm good at this, I'm smart at this. But then you're like, well, no, nah, that doesn't really interest me. How hard was it from getting from that to then actually going into – psychology and working through who you want to be who you are and like how did you actually do that yeah it's a good point because i think tom mentioned earlier about that like it's hard to change Mm. and sort of almost let go of who you are i think people really struggle with that and i think i actually sort of had to go through that where i had to really let go of of what i thought i was and i think people don't actually truly know who they are unless they try more things and have that sort of perspective so because economics and doing economics 
and doing well at that, I thought that was what I was like meant to do sort of thing. Cause we're getting fed this information that like, oh, you're doing like, you're doing really well. And then we sort of believe that that's what we're meant to do. Mm. So I think for me, it was because in high school, there's so much competition at, at a pri- an elite private school. And there's sort of like a, sort of like a status hierarchy thing without even speaking about it. Um, so when you start to do well, you feel like you're climbing this sort of invisible hierarchy, like you feel the respect amongst people. And especially internally, you feel like it creates that core belief, like, you know, I'm smart, I'm validated. So I guess when I went to uni and there wasn't that sort of competition because it's very, it's much more individual and you have to really motivate yourself. And I had no interest to really study it or even, I was just like, fuck, this is so boring. Yeah, you leave like year 12 and you're told that you're so good at this and you actually get out. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> exactly. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't motivated internally. I was, I just reflecting, I was like, I was motivated externally. It was more the ego side of it. So I think. I lost my passion and my curiosity. And I think if you're not curious, I think curiosity and passion are so linked. Like for me, like I'm so curious about what I don't know and the unknowns. Like I'm, and that curiosity drives my passion. And I think when I got into the uh, psychology space, I was like, as I started to learn a few more things, I'm like, fuck, how much more don't I know? Mm. And there's a lot of people who think they know a lot, but they actually don't. And they're at the, and it's the Dunning Kruger effect where, people are so confident in something and a lot I think this happens in the mental health field I think there's so many people who think they know so much even about themselves and the world and and what all this space but they actually are at like the peak of Mount Stupid which is in (laughs) and when that when you actually start to learn a bit more you actually start to realize how much you don't know paradoxically because you actually learnt more but then I, I got really curious and I took my ego aside of it. I'm like, fuck, there's so much I don't know. Like, And because you start improving internally and you get all this internal growth, it really motivates you like, fuck, like, I want to do this. So, And I was at, didn't have a uni thing to do and I was like, fuck, let's do psychology. That is like... This Study is the, of the that, brain. Exactly, that's <laughs> yeah. the whole field. So I got into that and then, yeah, that's where it sort of kicked off for the last two or so years. But I think there's so much in that allow giving yourself time to find who you are trying new things because i think the external world drives us too much we we think we have to do what we're good at as well yeah and you touch on that a lot eh, tom like experimenting we like we always come back to you and you travel and stuff like that but it is it's trying new things um i i won't i won't say his name but i've just had a good conversation for the last you know back and forth texting for the last week with a with a mate of mine um and he was like, mate, like, I just don't really know what I want to do. And I was just like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I don't know what direction. I've, I've done this at uni. I did a little bit of um, real estate. I've done this. I just don't know the direction. I was like, mate, you're 23 years old. Just keep experimenting. Yeah. Like, you'll find the thing you want to do my, eventually. My, that's the thing about your 20s. Like, try a heap of different mm. things. Also... You can also flip it, and I think a lot of people are, tr- are trying so hard to find what they do want to do. If you try new things, it actually sort of eliminates what you don't want to do, which yeah. narrows down the pool of what you want to do. Yeah. So you just sort of invert that, and try- that's the power of trying new things. It's not for the fact that you're probably you're probably not going to magically find what you're after yeah. straight away, but you do get that perspective of like, okay, I, that's not the course I want to go down. 
Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Just f- like trying a heap of different things, figuring out what you don't like. I, I love that. Um, but yeah, I- I'm the same as you, bro. I was even talking to my cousin like recently and he's just graduating um, year 12 at the moment. And he still says, oh, I don't really want- know what I want to do next year. Like I'm, I could go straight to uni and that's probably what like what it's going to be looking like. But I would honestly recommend to anyone having like, if you're happy to, having that gap year and just really separating yourself from the whole study and just how it, it kind of is in year 12, just being, yeah, go to uni straight away. How many people get a job? People you know? actually like feel like they're forced to. People have, I think that's the one of the things people lack in this world is that sense of control that agency that we speak of like people are like genuinely feel like there's this invisible hand guiding them from year 12 to university or a job like i don't know what it is it, it must be the external world which is telling us like all these things like you need to do this you need to oh, do it's this. the western world for sure yeah. man. and as yeah. soon as we get that validation like yeah you are you're good at this you're really striving in this area you, you say oh yeah i'm good i'm mm. good at this i'm gonna keep doing it because i'm gonna get, keep getting the pats on the back and the external validation and and then all of a sudden it'll like you, you're like, oh, well, I don't really enjoy this anymore. Yeah. It's that realisation. And then some people are like, oh, well, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'll just keep doing it. Well, I mean, really, like when you think about high school, like your, your hand is being carried. Like yeah. you get carried all the way. Um, and then it's kind of just like, well, you're good at this. Like, So I, when I was originally in, I think year 11, 12, whatever, I, like the teacher would tell me, oh, you'd be really good at teaching. And so at first semester that like I had six months then I went and did teaching in Notre Dame I did that for six months like nah this isn't for me eh but um I, I've mentioned it a couple of times in the pod I think even this conversation with mates and said so in year 10 before the whole ATAR train sort of begins you're asking year 10 like a 15 16 year old kid what they want to do for like their 20s and their 30s like <laughs> and that's the first mistake and naive as shit like yeah. I don't know anything about himself yeah like exactly. there's no curriculum in the system to be like this is who I am this is what I like to do this is my values this is what I stand for there's mm-hmm. none of that so you get to like you're saying towards the in the year 10 you're like what do I, what do I want to do what do, <laughs> what do I do like, and you kind of get put in this box mm. and for, for you boys it obviously went into ATAR and study where me I just did a Mate, I did a building construction course because my like one of my um, good mates was doing it. So I was just like, oh, I'll just do that because they were in my class and I had two really good mates that were the year above. And I was like, well, they'll still be there and we all connect. I was like, I'll just do that. No reason for it. I was like, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. had no idea. Mm. Like, and it's it's so hard to figure out. And I, like, I wasted two years. Like, I probably could have gone and got an apprenticeship or, you know, still obviously trying to make footy a thing but like you had no idea like I was literally sitting there talking to my dad I was like oh like true dad I just want to play footy or I want to be an actor like this is true mm. and I was like oh, if I went and did a building construction course and I built a chair that my nan and pop sat in and broke <laughs> <laughs> so like that's, like that's no joke like so I wasn't any good at that I just did it because my mates were doing it and that's yeah. what happens right because we just like it's herd mentality yeah so like it's that's I can rant on about the mm. school curriculum and not knowing. Oh, like it needs to be in there at some stage. because like I, I was same thing talking to my sister and she's year ten next year, and I just asked her. I was just like, off the bat. I was like, "What do you reckon you want to do when you're older?" And she goes, "Oh, no idea." And she goes, 
oh, that's pretty bad, hey? And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, mm. she's, what, 14, like, or 15, so just turned 15. Like, she, she shouldn't exactly know what she wants to do, right? Like, she, she goes, oh, I'd love to pay for the fever. Like, and that's like, you know, the like honest answer, right? Like, I don't know. It's just, it just frustrates me mm. that they got to start to figure out what they want to do and, and all this sort of stuff. It, it's yeah. in the high school period, there's so much on like what you're going to do. There's not enough on who you're going to be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's not enough education on all these skills and value and reflection that we talk about. Like we've had people come to my school, but it's quite limited and you could almost do a whole unit on pretty much what we're talking about. And there's from how much I've learned from self-discovery, I'm like, it's like, it's just almost essential that young people need to have this information. It almost feels like a bit like I feel privileged to know what I know. And I'm like, well, I've learned it out of like for myself. That's why I feel so empowered to help other people. Cause I'm like, mm. fuck, you need to know this. Like you need to have this sort of, I guess, sense of control of your own life. That's why the best 60 minutes of my week is every, at, at school. Like it's teaching content about values, emotions, who they are as people. Like, cause you just sometimes you have people come up to you, sometimes you don't. But when you have someone come up to you and actually talk to you, or a teacher comes up and be like, "Oh, these kids really needed this," or "This really needs to be in the system," and that is what it's like. Okay, this is this is why we need it. This is why we're. I guess all three of us are so passionate about this because if we could have what we know now when we we're fifteen, like unreal. And I had a conversation with Jules actually uh, yesterday about this, like. Imagine if he had what he knew at that age. Mm-hmm. So, like, how can we get that into those people and not – like, yeah, okay, there's, you got to learn how to write an essay if that's what you want to do or whatever. But there's still, obviously, certain things you got to learn and stuff like that. But how can we – surely you can put that in there somewhere and it can fit in. Like, because there is nothing. Like, you might have a 60-minute workshop with me that comes in and then what happens after that? Like, do they continue it? Do they not? Do they – even touch on it again like oh that was a great session but that's it like as soon as you leave the room is that over you know so that's why i think it's so important and it's not just the one thing it's a it needs to be in the curriculum a constant thing but yeah we're working on it Mm. there's there's a lot of talk i always talk to myself about like and you hear a lot of people in this field say like i wish i knew this earlier and like bringing it really internal and not talking about other people and i have to tell myself this like because it it sort of provides, I guess, ego comfort because you're like, oh, if I if if I knew this earlier, then I would be so much better because it sort of provides that comfort between who you wish you were and who you are now because you're like, oh, I would have if only I knew what I knew now. So you can't yeah. get in that trap. So you've got to take yourself away from that trap and be like, well, guess what? You don't have that ignorance anymore. So that ignorance cannot be the, the excuse that limits you. So now I know all these things, you know, strip away that glass ceiling that I've created for myself and, okay – all of this field I'm in, we've just got to keep doing what I'm doing and be curious to learn more and more because if what I've learned has taken me here, it's almost inevitable that if I learn more and more in the same space, it's going to take me even further. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but I often do find that in this field that we're often talking and studying a lot about, it's not as widely accepted as we'd hope it could be. And then I do believe that like, 
from a young age, like like you just mentioned then, I wish I knew this when I was younger, but like maybe when we were younger, we weren't quite ready to receive it. And it's only until you have that curiosity that you actually discover it and you like dive into it yourself. And that's kind of what we're doing, like with the, well, like what you're doing with the workshops as well, Braden. Like you're giving them that spark and just like, here, like see if you want to dive into this yourself. And like when you're ready. It's the it's the region beta paradox. When things get really tough, you know, people start to take action. So I think in in the high school period, things aren't bad that yeah. bad for enough people. So they don't really get into the self discovery period. So I think we talk about curiosity driving this, but people aren't curious because they're sort of stuck in that mediocrity, and it's and there's sort of that accepted thing to like it's okay to be mediocre, but it's almost internally when you don't accept that mediocrity that that curiosity drives you to be the best you can be. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And which I can't say what school I was at, but I was at a school and um, was talking about all this and like expectations and wanting to grow and be a different person. This person came up to me and um, because in the back of the booklet, it's like, what do you actually do that makes you happy? And one of the girls um, from this class actually asked me, she goes, oh, hey, sir, what, what makes you happy? And like the first thing that came to my head straight away, I was like, I'm really happy that I get to go out and facilitate and, and teach the skills that I'm learning, that I'm still learning to you to help hopefully help you. And, and she's like, oh, that's nice. I was like, yeah, what just makes you happy? And she goes, not playing sport. And I was like, okay, so you don't play sport. What do you do? And she goes, no, nah, I play four sports, but it doesn't make me happy. I only do it because my parents have forced me into it because they say I'm really good at it and I can make a career out of it, but I don't really enjoy it. And like that hit me pretty hard. I was just like, how many other people are out there, like kids growing up, like we told that, like getting pigeonholed into this because you're good at that and that's what's going to make you successful and I don't care if you're not interested in it, that's what you got to do, right? And it's like, that scares me, like, you know. Mm. And I got a message from another person that, from a dude on LinkedIn like he's old, he's must have been his old, like old man or something. <laughs> LinkedIn DMs. Then he messaged me and goes, "Hey mate, like you went to my son's school, um, delivered a workshop. He came home and had a really good chat with me, and I asked him why. And it was off the back of the conversation, and, and we talked about it earlier being vulnerable, right? And he said he wasn't really enjoying the direction he was going in school, but he's doing it because he thought that his dad wouldn't be happy if he chose to do something else. Hmm. And like that hit me pretty hard. It was like. Like that, that's the impact that you're making and you don't know who's listening to your podcast right now Eggs, but that could be sparking conversations to, to change and it's that little thing right that's that little spark that you talked about earlier Tom like yeah. so important but it is so hard to get out of that to make that change mm. or to step into the life that you really want to live yeah yeah. alright I do kind of want to get us back on track in terms of the um, Egan, Egan Brooks podcast <laughs> episode. But like, that was awesome. I really love talking about that. I do, I do just have a question that was in the back of my mind um, before we move on to a bit more about yourself and the podcast. So obviously we talked about the, the psychology and studying about that. I did, like, I've done a little bit at uni as well in terms of counselling and um, theories and approaches. I was wondering like, if you have your, like, a favourite theorist at all mm. from, from the psychology field. Um. Because I find them like this super interesting in terms of their own philosophies and yeah, uh, I don't want to say anyone controversial, but <laughs> no, I might say who I, I really love um, Freud. I know that's like uh, some people don't like it because he has sort of an over obsession with um, 
like child sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I really love the parts of the sort of the how he separates the three parts of us, like the ego, ID, etc. Yeah, super ego. Yeah. Um, because I feel like people don't really realise how much our emotions drive us and like this innate animals are in us. And I think getting a better understanding that has been so important for me. So I guess that psychoanalytic approach. Um, but if I had to think about it, I'm sure there's plenty more other people, but I sort of, I think he changed, I guess, the psychology field quite a bit. Because mm. I think for me, like when I was like sort of diving into this field, like couldn't help but hear but of like some of these names, like my, personally, one of my fav- um, favourites is Rogers, Carl Rogers. Mm. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's a machine. I'm not, like, if, but also um, names like Nature is a bit more existential, but just in terms of like yeah. this, although it's psychology, like philosophy, like yeah. ties in big very, link, yeah, big link. And I'm very big fan of Nature's books. Um, very hard to read. Yeah. But um, yeah, Rogers, man. Like, even if there's, I think there's clips from on YouTube just like, going over aspects of like the unconditional positive regard oh, yeah. and just like teaching how to just like be a good person first and just like yeah communicate but um yeah for listeners like definitely like in your own time sort of like if you have any interest or curiosity like go into that field and see like all the names that are out there because there's plenty and then well, i also found that once I was in there, in that, in that sort of discovery period, like you just gravitate towards the names and the theorists that you kind of resonate with the most. Mm. And then, yeah, you're on your own philosophy path in a way. Yeah, it's good. That's when you go down that rubber hole. It is. <laughs> yes. Yes. 100%. Um, yeah, thanks for that. That was a good question. Oh, good answer. You happy with that question, are you, mate? Yeah, no, good answer. Good answer. Good, answer. <laughs> good question. I'll probably, I'll probably think about it today and be like, oh, I wish I, I said say someone that. else, but <laughs> it's not saying I reflect on too much, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And what about, um, yeah, footy plans as well, man, for like for next year? I mean, I only mentioned West Perth, but um, I actually didn't know you played um, footy. Braden hadn't mentioned that, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, just... Lockdown defender, nothing too special about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, just signed a, a deal with uh, West Perth a couple of months back. So, yeah, with them for this year. So, we'll see how we go. Good stuff. So, like, I mean, so when you played at high, you, was that that's PSA? Hey? Yeah, that was, yeah. That was like four, three, three, four years ago. Yeah. I'm 22 now. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I've been playing at North Beach. Um, it's my second year of seniors this year. North Beach are very strong. <laughs> yeah, had quite a good year and then got sort of picked up because I sort of had an affiliation with the manager from West Perth and yeah sort of impressed with a few things so they thought you know I can take to the next level with a I guess I think my how I approach training is sort of going to suit the environment because I'm I pride myself on working hard and and being within that sort of environment and I guess at an amateur level it's hard to get that buy-in because people aren't at that same sort of committed level so really looking forward to being with a few more, I guess, like-minded individuals. So this is your intro into Waffle? Yeah. You hadn't played, like... No, I've been at Claremont, like, a really long time ago, like, 15s, but that's not really the same, is it? Yeah, right. Okay. I'm going to touch on that aspect of the professionalism because one thing is you... When did you sign the contract? Was it halfway through the season or towards the back end? No, I signed it after the season, but we were in talks quite early and it was pretty much, like... Locked in, right? Locked in. And then what happened when you was pretty much locked in with your mindset? Things definitely changed. Yeah. It, so, like, I'll tell you what happened. So, it's all good when you're on that up. So, like, I, 
I started playing really well for like a month after I started talking because it gives you a massive confidence boost. I was already playing really well. And and I was like, fuck, like, I must be this good because like I'm going to be going to waffle. And it sort of, I guess, feeds into that mindset or that belief I had because I was performing. And then so I was really confident playing well. But it's when you have that setback, right, because that's when, when things get harder. So I had a bit of a setback. Um and then what happens is you start to think that you should be playing like a waffle player. or mm-hmm. So it's all good when you're playing well, but when you have that setback and I wasn't performing, you sort of lose yourself and you lose what you're good at because I started thinking I had to do things that I, that I wasn't... Because I prided myself on the start of this year, like really locked down first. Like that's my number one. Like my opponent's not going to touch the ball. And that's what... I, and then I ended up getting a lot of touches, but it stemmed from being really defensive first. And then I guess... After that setback, I started to go into games with the mindset, like, I need to have, like, 25. And, like, I'm playing in the back line. That's not really my role. I sort of lost my way and what I was good at because I was like, fuck, I need to do what a waffle player would do if he played in amateurs. So I guess I guess it's important. That's the ego side of it, I guess. Like, you've got to – as you get more successful in life, you sort of have to keep reminding yourself, like, what got you there in the first place and the processes that you had because I was – that's what I've got to – even take forward to me like what am what are my three things that I do really well and just really harp on them. Love that. Mm. Yeah, I just want to touch on that because I know we've we've talked about that earlier. Um, you know, well not in this podcast but in other podcasts and stuff like that. And it's it's so true, right? Like you can fall into that trap and I have plenty of times. And it can not just in sport, but it can happen in in work or whatever it might be. You get that promotion or whatever and then it's like, well I need to be doing this, I need to be performing like that. But like having those three things that you're going to go back to and, and start pre-season with is important, I think. Bloody oath. But I guess off the back of that, what's your, are those like part of your goals or do you have – how do you balance, I guess, because everyone talks about finding balance, mm. but how are you going to balance, do you think, launching into the potty, launching into footy, and then how are you making a living? Yeah, good point. Um, the living-wise, I guess that's going to be sort of – determined based on how the next chapter of my stuff goes but I've always got quite a bit of work through dad so I can always work as much as I want if I if it comes to it um I guess with the footy I guess just sticking to you know it's three trainings a week and um all the gym programs so that's pretty well set out and that's probably the best thing about that is so structured it's so structured so it's pretty easy to follow I guess with the podcast stuff I'm really process driven um because I set myself out two podcasts a week like a couple of months ago. Um, because if I just – or even if you don't set a goal like one a week, like how, how um, outcome-oriented are you going to be? Like if a podcast does well, post it well, you're going to be really motivated. But I'm so process-driven now that like I don't really f- focus on, you know, the responses to pod- to my podcasts or clips or anything like that. So I set myself like an ambitious like two a week, um, really grind that and sort of work on my process but getting it is a balance between like doing what has made you successful or made you grow but also experimenting with new things because I think people start to get rewards for their efforts and they become fixated on like that process is the only way I can get better um, so that's why I'm still experimenting with so many things and not everything I try is going to be the thing I stick to but I guess I also tell myself like for, for the two podcasts a week to be successful, it's it's not what 
other people are doing that you aren't doing. It's what you're doing that other people aren't doing. Mm -hmm. So there's so many podcasts in like Perth and stuff like that. Yeah, they're doing one a week, but now I'm doing two a week and I'm, I'm putting more work in. So sort of like outworking everyone. That's sort of the mindset mm -hmm. that I have. Um, but yeah, those are sort of, that's going to be sort of my sort of chapter for next year. I love how you talked about being process driven because if you could have one, like one, like you said, one podcast that could reach 10,000 views or listeners or whatever, and then the next one only gets 1,000, for example, and you're like, oh, crap. And then that can really determine but it's just like that it becomes your next level. It's like now I need to hit 10,000 every single week, right? But it might not, and it might not resonate with everyone. But being so process-driven and backing it up week after week after week, that's so important because you can hit that, like I said, that 10,000 listeners and think like that's the new level, that's the expectation, I should be hitting that every week. But it's not going to happen. It's not realistic. And that's what can really kill people's motivation and their drive and their passion. So coming back to just the process day by day, minute by minute, and doing that, I think that's... Trust the process, baby. Yeah. It'd be good. It also does, in terms of like the listeners and like the um, engagement, do you think it de like depends on the, the the people that you get in as well? Because you get, you, get, you get their audience like that tune in. It's like, oh, he's got, Egan's got this guy on. Exactly. Like this chick on. Yeah, for sure. But what I have noticed is that it's not just the amount of followers someone has. It's also like who follows them, like who is truly engaged to them. Like I've had some, I had a guest on with, uh, like 190,000 followers, um, Cooper. And then I had that chick, um, Hannah Marshall, and she got three times as many listens. She had like quite a few. Mm. She, she had, I had 300 listens to that episode. But that's because she has such a true following, like so many yeah. people. Like, So it's not – you don't have to get obsessed with the number side of it mm -hmm. sort of thing because that's an important lesson I learned from that. I'm like, well, it's not just how many followers I get. It's like the true engagement that you get because you see – on TikTok, even I get a bit like obsessed, like looking at followers or even on Instagram and stuff, but it's not like how many followers you have. It's like how many truly engaged people believe in like your sort of philosophy. And if you sort of go away from what makes you, you and get a, and s sort of do what you think other people will like to get more followers, people aren't going to resonate with you as much because you aren't your authentic self. Yeah. So in the long run, it's sort of a self-defeating uh, self process. Yeah, so true. And even flying... I guess off of that is the, in the conversation, like how open, how engaged are the like the person you're interviewing, like how well are you directing your questions, holding conversation, holding space, like because we could have you know someone massive in here, and it could be the worst podcast ever because we we don't articulate the conversation well, mm. right? so that's also really important. But that's just back on podcasting anyway. But yeah, I, I love that one because. My thing I say is like, I can't get something out of the guests that they aren't going to want to say themselves. But going into a podcast, I always tell myself it's, I've just got to get the most out of what they're willing to get out of themselves. Yeah. So that's my skill. It's like sort of bringing the most value from them. But if they don't want to bring that, they're not receptive. It, that's okay. But it's, but I'll tell you what, I've improved so much, but it's really hard to see progress. It's an important point on progress because like it's the whole gym thing. Like it's so many micro builds each day. So like even going back and listening to an early episode is really good to get like, because people, ha I've had feedback like even from parents, like my mum saying like how much more I've improved, but you don't feel that internally. And that's what takes people away from 
their goals in life because they don't actually realize how much they're improving. Yeah. It's just that little, just like the butterfly effect, right? The little actions, decisions that you're making that can actually end up having a huge impact, right? positively or negatively. Mm. But I like what you um, you touched on, but because coming into this podcast today, I was like, I knew you had deep and how much of a deep thinker you are with your background in psychology and how passionate you are. I was like, I don't think this is going to be a normal interview in terms of, well, podcasts where we're, you know, we get someone in that talks about finance or talks about, you know, this, this and this. I was like, I sort of wanted this to just flow and I really wanted to make you feel comfortable to talk about what you've talked about because so many like paradoxes and theories that you've said that I'm like, I'm going to go and research these to find out more myself. And I think going into each conversation, each meeting, each episode you do with an intention mm. and, and getting that out of them. And, and for us, for me, going to this, it was like, all right, I know he knows so much about this. What can I learn? But then what can he, we drag out of eggs to then give the listeners something, but also from me exactly. and Tom on a selfish level to get much out of it as we well, can that, as well. 100%. That's what I go into podcast thinking. Like if I'm curious, like individually, it'll get the most out of the guest and then everyone benefits from that. Yeah. But if I go into an interview like, or oh, what can I get them to say that other people are going to like, but I don't really care as much. It's not really a natural conversation. It's not authentic. Yeah. Exactly. And letting the conversation flow naturally just provides the best value because I'm curious, I'm engaged, we're having a genuine human conversation and it always provides value. But I still think the framework's important. That's yeah. something I'm getting massive at. It's going to a podcast, I'm learning like, yes, let the conversation flow naturally, but go in with that intention that you talk about. Like, okay, so I got a podcast later today and I'm like, okay, I sort of know the framework I want to go in. I've sort of talked to her about it. But the conversation is going to be sort of natural, but how we sort of start it and how I sort of want it to go, because then I can sort of redirect it so it doesn't go off track and it's sort of still got that core value from the episode. 100%. Um, question I have on the pod is I won't go straight like, oh, yeah, who, what's been your favorite episode? Because it's like if we got asked that, it's kind of hard to choose. And you better be careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not brave. <laughs> um, but which one do you think has been like most influential for yourself and like, and like the podcast channel itself? I think the one that's done the the best, and this is not, it's probably the Hannah Marshall one. That was a good episode because, yeah, it did well. But also, I guess it was really like a genuine conversation. It felt really like authentic. Um my favorite episodes still have to be the jet episodes just because it's it's so like we don't it's not an interview it's more like the chat yeah and it, it just feels like i'm having a chat with three mates about a topic um they're my favorite ones also with harry and um braids they're very good too um keen to get them to the studio excited <laughs> um but, but also what i've learned is not every episode is going to be you know someone's cup of tea right so yeah. you don't not every episode needs to please everyone. So you might, so I guess, just having that intention, get the most out of that person. Not everyone's going to resonate with that, but that's okay. Which is important yeah. because when I listen to podcasts, sometimes I'm like listening to a podcast and I'm like, oh, I need to be, li no, I don't want to listen to that. I don't have any interest in that. Like, And it's so important. Like, It's like, but then like next week, the same bloke will bring out a podcast. I'm like, yes, I'm so interested in that topic, right? So it's, gonna, it's not going to suit everyone. Like some people will get halfway through this and be like, oh, I'm sick. I don't really want to 
change or do self-development or work out more theories or anything like that. But then, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, like, I was interested because we had, um, oh, it's gone off my head. What was, the, what was your, Gemma? Jemima. Jemima, sorry. She, we had her on and, like, she was like, oh, we're going to talk about this. She's really passionate about climate change. And, like, going into that podcast, I wouldn't have even listened to that. Like, honestly, yeah. I would have been like, I don't care about climate. Like, I care, but I don't know enough about it to. Mm. And after it, man, I've been like, even, like, she made me follow this thing on Daily Oz, following that, like, looking at climate change. There's actually a doco on TV last night. Um, and I'm just like, man, like, this is, like, important stuff. And, like, that got me triggered, but it's, that might not resonate with everyone, right? So yeah. I think it's so important. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, on that, I mean, aside from Brooker Mode and Switched On, um, what other podcasts or books or advice might you recommend to um, to listeners out there? I guess in this, it becomes a sort of a rabbit hole. So I guess you don't have to start too big. You can just start small. Just start. You just have to start. You don't have to be great to start, but you mm. need to start to be great. So um, what are some ones? Modern Wisdom is really good, but my only catch on that is it is pretty like – I guess if you're not natural to these conversations, it's like pretty heavy. it's pretty heavy. Like, mm. and even the word to use is you're gonna probably, it's probably. I think the imperfects is a really good one if yeah, you just want that, that like, jet, like nice flowing conversation. It's a bit more love Hugh. Yeah, love him. Um, books, oh, man. How many books? There's so many good books. <laughs> what is? What do you boys reckon? You say a few, and I'll. <laughs> well, the Resilience Project. Yeah, I love. <laughs> just talking um, about off the back of. I love. I love the Alchemist. Yeah, I was. That's man. Me and Tom talk about. Have you read that? that? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's just banger. That's a good book, man. It's just like a, I think it's like 180 pages, and it's just it's not like it's so many hidden. It's like a story, but so many hidden messages. Unreal. Um, Big fan of the Courage to Be Disliked. Yeah, I was going to say that one. Yeah, that's one of my favourite books. Um, And then I'd chop and change between all like different ones, but a good one that helped me was Obstacles the Way. Yeah, by um, Ryan Holiday. I really enjoyed that. Man, I could I could keep going on. I think the, those, the but, best yeah. the best book to read is your own, your your own. Boom. Ju- oh, we're going your own, there. Your own, oh, yeah. your own journal or your own self reflection because oh, yeah. I feel like it's the best way to bring it back to yourself. I like that. Mm. I do like that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot too. Um, yeah, I, I often write. Oh, no, I was mentioned before, I haven't been writing, but like when I do write, one thing that I probably don't do enough of is actually going back and reflecting on like what I've written down because I, I, I forget. So, I think important when you read a book or like if it's a self-help book, it's people can like you highlight and stuff, mm-hmm. right? People highlight and take notes and all this. This is really good. But what I'll, a good thing is that actually, oh, I like that, but why do you like it and how does it resonate into your life? And also what actions can you take now from the information that you've yes. learned that's the yes. biggest one because we hear we hear a podcast or read a book and it's like i guess it's sort of that fantasy feeling like oh my god like i know this i'm going to be so great but then three days later and you haven't implemented any new actions from what you've learned it's yeah. the actions that are going to grow i guess you there's so much value in the perspective and stuff that you can learn from books but ultimately if you never take the steps you're never going to get to the end of the road that you're looking for. Exactly. And you got to remember, like you said, it's your own journey, your own book. 100%. All right. Off the back of books, I want to get into, give me a top quote that you're living by. Max. 
so many. Mm. Um, okay, you can give us, I, you can give us three. My probably the or if you the, get a favorite, the one that I love. There's I'll, I'll, the one that I truly live by now is be the change you want to see in the world. Mm. Because yeah. I think a lot of people have these visions for the world they want to live in, or but be they're not even of, yeah they're not yeah. even being that person. Like I want to in this mental health world. There's so many things I want it to be like, but if I'm not living by that standard, probably a big one that I've been on recently is. I think it's from Modern Wisdom is the magic you're looking for is in the work you're avoiding. Yes. Because mm. I'm a big procrastinator. But I guess yeah. everyone is. And it's just the, the hard things now, easy things later. And especially in this mental health field, this whatever field we want to call it, we want to be better, but we avoid the things that are going to make us better. Like these – and it's whenever the things get hard, we love to procrastinate. Take Like the phone's the big one. 100%. Like as soon as saying gets hard, like I'm editing, I'm doing this hard editing thing. I'm trying to learn new things, and you feel this like internal stress because you're like, "Fuck, I can't do it." Like you have these voices, these thoughts, these emotions, whatever. And then I'm, like, and then you whip out your phone, and you're like, "Well, that was the best opportunity for you to get past something and grow from it." So now when I edit and stuff, I I take my phone out to the other room in the factory because it just allows me to concentrate and work through. But how that feeling when you can when you master something hard after you push through the hard bit, it's the best feeling in the world, mm. but not enough of us do it. Yeah. So true. Yeah, I was just, I was curious to get a couple of those from you. Well, you got any more, Tom? Any more what? Questions that you'd like to ask? No, that was actually probably my last one, like quote or advice, but yeah, answered it with flying colours, mate. I, th- I think anyone who's listening who isn't really massive into the space is... To start, just start because I think another one is like you don't have to, like I just said it before, you don't have to be great to start, but you need to start to be great because once mm. you start, it sort of, it just, beca- it flows. It really, it really flows. Things get better. You sort of get that agency, that control comes in like, fuck, I can actually influence what's happening in my life when, when you start taking those steps. But I think it's the fact that so much of us don't so many of us don't believe that we can become these people but as soon as you start to provide that proof that you know you can be better it creates that sort of internal voice it's like you can do it you just got to keep going yeah. because that confidence right mm. doing it every day or strength just, after strength yeah exactly it's that time like you're just taking that on like <laughs> strength times strength times strength and it's like the action times the action times the action it's just that compounding effect constantly yeah. doing it right and you, like we said earlier, the times you're not going to see the results straight away, but slowly and slowly they'll come. Mm. I like exactly. it. Spitting more wisdom bars. This has been a good episode. We will ask, last question before we get into the closing up. Egan, mate, who's been someone in the last week that you've been truly grateful for? Last week? Um, I'll probably say mum. Obviously, for like not just the last week, but my whole life. Let's be real. (laughs) Mm. Um, But I guess she had played such a massive role in helping me get into my studio. She pretty much designed everything in there because she was a property stylist for a while. Um, But yeah, she's always someone I have long conversations with about this stuff, and she's going to be listening now. And yeah, love you, mum. Always, thanks for your help. Beautiful. What about you, Bubba? Oh, I like how you swapped it. Normally I get a little bit of time to think on this one. Yeah, I need this. That's why I need this. That's why you need to start. <laughs> nah. Um, mine is I mean, my, my old man because um, the last probably, what's that? Yeah, it's the last week. I've been a bit 
a bit anxious, a bit thinking about a few things. Like I said, like my mind's just been racing. Um, and last night I was actually on the phone to him and had a really good chat and just was like, Dad, this is what's going on. What's your advice? You got anything for me? Um, and we just probably chatted for just probably like half hour. I was just running through everything. And then, um, yeah, just, just to hear, you know, have him there to, I guess, support and, and things like that was was really nice because I don't get to see him a lot in person. So um, it was nice to just, yeah, have that. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, what about you? Thanks, man. Um, I'll jump on the on the parents as well, mum and dad. I saw, like, I haven't, like, only saw them yesterday, but before that was, like, a little um, little bit of time since I last saw them. But, yeah, it was just went over to my sister's place while uh, mum and dad were sort of babysitting Ollie. And um, okay. I just got back from the park and I'm just in a super good mood. And mum had made a big carbonara and I was like, oh, I haven't had mum's carbonara and bloody yonk that. So, I mean, yeah, and I can't make it myself that, to that level. So, to have a big ball of that was just, yeah, um, pretty homey for me. And just, um, yeah, mum and dad providing the goods. So, yeah, shout out to them. I think our parents can be very proud when they listen back to this episode. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I don't think we say it enough, do we? No, we don't. I don't. No. It's just, I find it. Tell your mum and dad you love them. That's it. <laughs> sure. That's if you do one thing out of this podcast, do that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Beautiful. Um, well, yeah, eggs, mate. Tell us where we can reach you and the podcast. Yeah, so Bruco Mode on Spotify, um, on Instagram and TikTok. They're my, my main platforms. Yeah. So yeah, that's where you can reach me, and I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Hundred percent. Oh yeah, it's going in there. All right, mate. Well. Thank you for giving us your time. I don't know how long. It felt like it went quick, but I don't know how long that went for. But, mate, I appreciate you giving us your time. Um, we know you got to get out of here and, and do your thing, but great conversation. I've loved it. I've really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, we'll get you on again soon. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, plenty to gather from that. Definitely go back to some of the um, some of the timestamps. And, yeah, mate, hope you have a good rest of your day. And um, thanks for listening, for tuning in for another episode. And we'll catch you in the next one. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a review, all that jazz. We love your support and we'd love for you to continue supporting us. If you want more info and want to know what we've got coming up, please head to our Instagram, chuck us a follow. And even check out our website for more episodes, resources, recommendations, and lots, lots, lots more. Links are attached in the description below. Cheers.